0: some of the passages that were read tonight, and and there are lots of things that we could talk about. We're trying to cover as much as we can during our Sunday morning series during this month of just all of the miraculous realities that really contain the wonder of what Christmas is. And as I was thinking about everything that we could talk about tonight, I wanted to just revisit a portion that we've actually already looked at this month. Dr. Mark Schnell did such a great job on the first Sunday of Advent, just taking us back to Zachariah and Elizabeth and reminding us of their story. And as I was listening to him preach and then thinking over these last couple of weeks what I would share tonight, I just got thinking about their reality and what they went through. And thinking about the fact that their pain of not having a child for all of those years was really part of God's purpose. That the fact that they had been delayed in getting an answer to their prayer wasn't God saying that they weren't worthy or they weren't deserving. It was God saying, I have a perfect moment when your pain will be erased. And in that moment, my ultimate purpose will be fulfilled. And and I was thinking about that and thinking about how sometimes in our lives we need to hear that reality because sometimes we think we're going through pain, we're going through hardship, we're going through difficulty, and we think God's not listening or God doesn't care or God's not, God's not uh, finding us worthy of his response. And sometimes our pain is just part of God's purpose. God's just waiting for the right moment to bring glory to himself to fulfill his purpose in that situation. and. And I thought about that, and, and I just think we need to hear that tonight. I thought about the fact that sometimes we pray and, and we don't get an answer. Or is that just me? Anybody else have that happen to you where you pray and you pray and you think you pray really good? Like you use scripture and you're quoting the word of God and you're asking God to come and fulfill his will and bring glory to himself. And it's just like nothing happens. And then I think about the fact that Zachariah and Elizabeth had prayed so many times for so many years, and then finally God answers. Sometimes prayer takes a long time, and we just got to keep praying. And I thought about that, and I thought maybe some of us need to hear that tonight. And and then I thought about the fact that sometimes God speaks a word into our lives, and we think to ourselves, are we going to believe what God is saying or not? right, Zachariah didn't believe what the angel was saying, Mary did believe what the angel had said, and we have a choice when God speaks into our lives, and and, and I just want to encourage all of us, as God speaks into our lives, let's believe him, let's trust him, let's depend on him. All of those things we learn from Zachariah and Elizabeth, but, but I've just been captivated by this thought over the last couple of weeks. That Zachariah had over nine months of silence. Nine months when he couldn't talk, he couldn't open his mouth and speak. And during those months of silence, I would imagine he was contemplating everything that had happened to him during this season. That he was recounting that vision that he had inside of the temple when he encountered the angel and and i bet he replayed over and over and over in his mind i should have just believed right now then i'd be able to talk right now right and i bet he went back to that over and over and over again but he had over nine months of silence and i think that during that nine months God was helping Zachariah see what he was up to in the world. I think Zechariah, because he was a priest, he would have known all of the prophecies that would have been made about the coming Messiah. and he would have, he would have been able to now start framing this reality inside of, of what he had experienced and what he knew of the scriptures, and he had all of that time when he couldn't talk, to just be quiet. To just think. To just reflect. And, and then when Mary shows up. And we know now that there's more going on than just God giving a baby to an old couple. That God's up to something bigger in the world. And Zechariah now is starting to put more puzzle pieces together. And then after John is born. And it's time to name him. And they don't believe Elizabeth. When she says his name's supposed to be John, they say, that can't be right. Get the boy's father. Zachariah comes over and writes the name John, and then his mouth is opened. And I've just been captivated by what are the very first things that Zachariah says after nine months of silence. What are the things that are top of mind for him in this moment? This is what he says right after he opens his mouth. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior. From the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He's been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. The covenant he swore an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We've been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And to guide us to the path of peace. That's what Zachariah says after nine months of silence. It's a song of praise to the Lord. It's a word of prophecy to God's people. And I want to just point out four very quick things as we prepare to take communion. First, Christmas is about the incarnation. And when we use the term incarnation, that's just a... Theological term, which means God put flesh on and became like us. And when John when John is born and Zachariah gets to open his mouth and finally speak, he doesn't actually talk about his son first. He talks about Mary's son first. Because he realizes what's going on in the world, that God is is becoming flesh to make his dwelling among us. This is what he says. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. Now, Jesus hasn't been born yet, but John's clearly, he's figured it out. He he knows what's going on right now. He, He knows that the child that Mary is carrying is the very Son of God. The anointed one. The chosen one. And this child. Has come to redeem us. From our sins. And reveal who God is to us. And in the busyness of all of this season. And all the stuff. That we make Christmas about. Some of you have already watched. 82 Hallmark films. Don't even try to cover it up. We know who you are. Some of you are. Christmas shopping. Some of you are done Christmas shopping. Some of you are shopping for next Christmas to get a head start. We make this season about a lot of things. And I am not diminishing or downplaying any of those things. I'm just saying none of those things are what this season is about. Christmas is about God becoming flesh. And tonight we're going to break bread and we're going we're gonna to have a cup that we're going to dip that bread in. And that is a reminder to us that God took on a body. And his body was broken and his blood was spilled for us so we could be saved. Christmas is about the incarnation. Secondly, Christmas is about reconciliation. This is what Zachariah says. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Why is God doing all of the things he's doing in the passages we read tonight? He's doing them to reconcile humanity back to God. You go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, God creates human beings, and everything is right with the world, and then human beings sin. We rebel against God, and in that moment, we are separated from God because of our sin. And why does God send Jesus to reconcile us, to bring us back together once again? This is what Christmas is about. Jesus did not come just to live. He came to die. He came to provide a sacrifice that would bring us back to God. Christmas is about incarnation. Christmas is about reconciliation. Third, Christmas is about transformation. This is what Zachariah says. We've been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. God doesn't want to just forgive your past. He wants to change your future. He's not just about telling you that what you've done before that was wrong is forgiven and it's covered and you're good. He does that and we're thankful for that. But God also wants to change our lives so we can live our lives in holiness and righteousness as we go forward. God actually wants to make you a different person. He wants to change you. I love the fact that that. Jesus performed miracles to help us know what he could accomplish. And one of the miracles that he performed is the miracle at the wedding in Cana. You remember this story where they ran out of wine and and they didn't know what to do? Because the party was going to break up earlier than it was supposed to because there was no more wine to drink. And Jesus said, fill these jars with water, and then he touches these jars and changes the water into wine. Now, I don't know anything about wine. Not a single thing. Except this. You can't turn water into wine. There is no chemical process that you can take water through To make it wine. It does not work that way. So when Jesus does that. He's actually changing the substance. Of the water. And making it something different. God can do the same thing with us. We are sinners. But God can make us holy. He doesn't just. He doesn't just decide to view us as holy, but he can change the substance of who we are and make us like Jesus. And this is what Christmas is about. It's not just about forgiveness. It's about transformation. One more thing Christmas is about, and then I'm gonna invite us to take communion. Christmas is about completion. This is what Zachariah says, because of God's tender mercy... The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And it's that last word that I want to focus on, the word peace. We often hear the word peace and we think to ourselves that this word means the absence of fighting or conflict. As in stop hitting your brother. We need to drive in this car in peace. Okay? Or as in those two countries were at war, but now they are at peace. They are no longer fighting. There's no more conflict. And peace certainly entails that. But the word peace in this passage is a bigger word than that. It is the word shalom. And it is a word which encompasses no conflict and no war and and not being at each other any longer. But it's bigger than that because it's a word which means not just that we've stopped fighting. But that everything is put back just the way it is supposed to be. So when two countries stop fighting in a war and they are at peace now, the countries are still disheveled the buildings have still been bombed and the infrastructure isn't the way it's supposed to be that's not shalom it might be peace but it's not shalom shalom is when you go in and you rebuild the infrastructure and you put the buildings back together and you make everything just the way it is supposed to be once again it is this picture of completion or wholeness or perfection And every time when we come through the Christmas season, it is not just thinking about the fact that Jesus came back there 2,000 years ago as a baby in a manger, and he did that to provide forgiveness and transformation in our lives. He did that, and we're grateful. But every time we think about his first coming, we are reminded that there is another day when he will come again. And when he comes again the book of revelation says he will make all things new in other words he's going to put everything back just the way it's supposed to be he's going to fix it all and that's why revelation says in that day he'll wipe every tear from their eyes there won't be any more pain there won't be any more heartache there won't be any more ailments, no more cancer, no more kidney disease, no more, no more tragedies, no more pain, no more sin, no more rebellion, no more brokenness, no more addiction. It'll all be gone and everything will be just the way it is supposed to be. This is why Jesus came not just to forgive your sins and not just to make you different, but he came to fix the world. And when we come to this Christmas season, we are coming not just to think about the baby in a manger, we are thinking about the victorious king who one day will return, and when he returns, everything, everything will be right again. And so tonight, we come to the table of the Lord. Some of you need to come because you need to be forgiven. There are things in your life that aren't right with God. You've been separated from Him and tonight you're sitting here and you are not in relationship with God. But I want you to know tonight you can come to the table with faith in your heart that He has provided forgiveness. You can be reconciled to Him even as you come to the table of the Lord tonight. Some of you need to come tonight with a new belief that God can transform you. You've been forgiven, but you're hoping for a different future. And I just want to invite you to hope again. He can do it. He can turn water to wine. He can change your life. And some of you tonight need to restore your hope and anticipate the coming of Jesus once again on that great and glorious day when everything is made right. So tonight, there are those who have come prepared to help us serve communion, and I wanna invite them to come now and to take their place. I wanna just give a word of instruction before I pray to consecrate our time to the Lord. Tonight, there are gonna be people coming down these outside aisles of the sections that you are in, and they're gonna dismiss you row by row, and when you're dismissed, you'll just come down that that outside aisle of your section and you'll come to the front, you'll receive a piece of the bread, you'll dip that in the cup and receive the elements right here up front. And then after you've taken of the elements, you can return to your seat using this center aisle and we'll move through this time, I think in a timely way if we can just follow those simple instructions. But right now I wanna pray for us and ask the Lord to speak to us during this time. So God, tonight we come before you and we've already been in your scripture. We've already prayed to you. We've sung to you. We've heard wonderful ministry tonight through the choir that has sung over us tonight. But now God, we come to what is perhaps the most important and significant moment of this night where we come to the table of the Lord the thing that you've invited us to do and as often as we do it, we do it to remember you and as we remember you to receive your grace into our very lives. So tonight, God, we pray that you would bless the bread and the cup and you would set aside these everyday, ordinary elements and you would make them holy and sacred for this moment tonight more importantly, God, I pray that you would set us apart, that as we receive these elements tonight, we would remember your first coming, and we would hope in your second coming, and we would receive grace for the present day so that we can live in forgiveness and in holiness. So, Lord, we give you this time, and we give ourselves to you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The table of the Lord is open, and I invite you now to come and receive grace.
1: he working in the Every heart, I worship. You. I worship. You, you are heating every heart. I worship. turning light is over.
0: Came in tonight, you should have gotten a candle, and I want you to get those out. One of the reasons we light candles at Christmas time is because one of the key images in Scripture is that of Christ being the light that pierces the darkness. And so tonight we're going to just sing a couple really familiar Christmas carols, and as we sing these songs tonight, we're going to see the light just begin to spread all across this room uh, in the form of these candles. And so I've invited the team just to lead us in a couple of these songs, and they're going to do that now. And at the end of the second song, I'll come back and close our time with prayer and give you some words of sending as you go. So let's light these candles tonight, and let's remember, Christ is the light that breaks through the darkness. God, we come to you again at the end of this service now, just thanking you for the reality of Christmas, that God would take on flesh and make his dwelling among us, that you would be known as Emmanuel, God with us, and that you came not to live but to give your life so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be changed. And because of your death and your resurrection, one day you are coming back. And when you do, you will come as the victorious king. And all will be right. We look forward to that day. And we say, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. God, would you help us in the meantime, between now and that moment, to live faithful, holy lives that bring glory and honor to your name. God, I pray for each and every one of us in this room tonight that you would help us over these next few days as we lead to Christmas Day to truly enter into what this season is all about. Help us to stay focused on you in the midst of it all. God, as we do, would you change our lives and do a new, fresh work in us for your glory and your honor. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you tonight. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Now, we're going to get some lights back on in here. And you can extinguish your candles. The candles should go right back in that box where you got them from. And then just beyond that box is a wonderful table of goodies that we have prepared so we can have a time of fellowship after this service. So as you are dismissed from this service, let's be dismissed to some fellowship and some sweet treats you are sent out.